This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Chase and Tales Outdoor Podcast. My name is Walt, and normally I'm joined by my co-host Chase, but on this episode, I'm flying a little bit solo, and we're talking to my personal turkey hunting mentor, Clay DeBose, and we talk all things turkey hunting from turkey to how to mentor someone, how to be a good mentee, some basic calls, uh, the perfect call for a beginner, a whole lot of awesome information on this episode. I was really thrilled to be able to sit down and talk to the man uh, and bring you guys the conversation with the man who has really invested in me as a turkey hunter and made me a better turkey hunter. I mean, honest to God, if it wasn't for a few people, largely Clay's efforts, I probably wouldn't be the turkey hunter that I am today, and I probably wouldn't have killed the bird that I did or have continued to be on birds routinely as routinely as I have been. So it was really good to bring to you guys the fellow that's really been instrumental in my turkey hunting success. And I hope that you enjoy this episode. You take something away from it. If you're a mentor or thinking about mentoring someone, which I highly encourage if you're capable, he outlines the perfect way for you to go about doing so. And if you're thinking about finding a mentor, there's some steps that you should take to make sure that you get the most out of that relationship. So I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's a fun one. And the information that he provides at the back, his little one piece of information that I ask everybody, you know, one piece of advice that you'd give your younger self two days later, or maybe just the next day, I can't recall now, but I... The very next day, I didn't even listen to his own advice, and I ended up busting uh, two really large toms. So pay attention to what he tells you. It's important. Slow down in the turkey woods, and uh, you might be more successful than I am. I'm going to keep this intro short and sweet to the point. So first and foremost, I would like to thank Tethered, our title sponsor of this podcast. Without Tethered, we couldn't do what we do and bring you these episodes on a weekly basis. I know we've been a little bit out of schedule here, but the COVID crisis has kind of put a demand on my household internet. It's been a little bit difficult trying to get everybody lined up. So it looks like we're back on track. We're getting you guys uh, on your Monday evening, Monday morning style uh, drops of the podcast. So that should continue moving forward. But thank you to Tethered, tetherednation.com. Go check them out. The new Phantom Saddle is the hottest item in the Whitetail Woods. And we would be remiss if we didn't thank our Patreon subscribers. Thank you guys for and supporting the podcast financially. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's a way for you to donate directly to this show. That money goes right into the operation costs. It goes right into camera equipment to get a camera in Chase's hand. And we hope that one day that pot of money will grow and allow us to travel and bring you awesome stories from people all over the place, obviously, after this COVID crisis is over. So... So if you're interested in joining Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash Chasing Tales Outdoors. I've made it easy for you guys. The link is in the description of the of this show. So check it out if you're interested. We'd love to send you a hat or a decal and just give you a shout out on the podcast for joining up. Until next time, guys, I hope you enjoy this episode. I am sitting in what I consider to be the killing headquarters of the Panhandle of Florida. I am pretty certain that about 90% of the birds that are killed in this state, or at least this region, are either killed by the gentleman I'm sitting across or people that he has helped put on birds or introduced to turkey hunting. I have got a guess that I am beyond fortunate to have built a house next to me. Clay DeBose, 
How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, man. That was quite the introduction. <laughs> I don't know if uh, I don't know if my season stood up to that, but I don't know, man. You got me on a bird, and I think that that's testament enough. I mean, well, it, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. I got everybody else has got a bird except for myself until today. this morning. Until this today, morning, yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually, and he slipped up, so yeah. Well, we. Uh, I, I, so everybody knows I, I moved out into the country into an area where we were hoping not to have any neighbors, and uh, <laughs> then we we built a house next to next to uh, uh, a couple that's just an amazing group, uh, amazing couple we we enjoy hanging out with, and then they started construction uh, two lots over, and I'm like, oh god, wonder what this guy's gonna be like. I never thought that he would be a turkey addict, that he would get me into turkey hunting, that he would invest in me and help me get my first bird. So it's funny how those things happen, but uh, how did you get into turkey hunting? Gosh, um, you know, it, I've always been intrigued. My my cousins is always, you know, turkey hunted. I never did growing up. I, I um, deer hunted, you know, hog hunted with mm-hmm. my father and stuff. Uh but I, when I was in the Army, I, I went out to, um, I was in Missouri. Yep, I was out there in Missouri. And uh, I just decided one day, I was like, man, I got, you know, I've seen some stuff about turkey hunting, and my cousins talked about it. I was like, you know what, I think I'm going to try this. And um, it, I really didn't have a mentor out there. Nobody really turkey hunted that I knew. So I started going, what little bit internet we had back in 07. I uh, started doing some research, reading, getting magazines. Anytime I seen a magazine about turkey or turkey hunting, um, I'd pick it up and I'd start reading and just started developing. And in the first year, I was able to get one bird. And the day I killed that bird, I was like, I am completely hooked. <laughs> this is it. This is what I want to do for my life. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I can, I can, I share that sentiment. It took me. I didn't. I didn't have the same path as you. Everybody who listens and you yourself uh, know this, but I kind of dipped my toes in the in the water. But it was it was always this weird um, this weird process that no one could quite tell me what to do. You know, if you want to kill a big buck, you look for this, you do this, you find him there, and then you do this. You know, there, there's kind of a recipe for success when it comes to turkey hunting that I don't think. I'm sorry, with deer hunting that I don't think is as easy to read and understand when it comes to turkey hunting and so that intimidated me and it was frustrating and i never realized how erratic birds were you know and and go through like the fact that we're chasing something with a brain that big brain brain you know size of a pea (laughs) and it makes you look like a fool all the time all the time all the time so uh you know you moved in you you kept talking about turkey season we we went through deer season and college football and everything and you kept talking about turkey season and it wasn't until about January, I started hearing the the hen calls over here. You know, we started talking about it, and we got we got serious about you know hunting this year together. And and uh, lo and behold, through Herculean efforts, and my first year of taking it serious, day three of the turkey season, which blows my mind, yeah. I managed to kill what seems to be a, a respectable bird. Yeah, heck of a bird. I mean, any public land bird, you know, especially in Florida, is mm-hmm. a respectable bird. Um, you know, and, and for you to get the drive that you got is hard to find too. Mm-hmm. When you have people that say, Oh, I'd like to do that. And then when it comes to opening day, there's like, Oh, you got a shotgun I can use. Or what about a face mask? Or, you know, <laughs> so they want you to do all the legwork and they just want to get out there and kill a bird. But 
but with you, you invested in it. You was like, no, I'm I'm doing this, right? And I'm doing it all the way. And uh, so you know, it takes the drive like that to really get in there. Sure. And I think that's what helped you paid off because you went out there and scouted, mm-hmm. and we went out there and roosted birds. And so we got to try to figure out where they're at and with their general area. And when we do that, you know, it makes it a whole lot easier mm-hmm. after the season starts. Yeah, I think I was talking to Chase, my co-host, who would normally be on here, and we were talking about what it takes to kill turkeys. We're going around and around. We're saying this, we're saying that. Realistically, it just takes what it takes. And each bird takes more effort or less effort. There's going to be a, a bar to be hit to, before you're going to hit that success. And you don't know where it is, and you just have to keep chipping away at, mm-hmm. at you know, putting those little puzzle pieces together, you know, understanding the terrain and stuff like that. Yeah. And hey, The prime example is the bird this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've hunted that bird probably four different times. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened after uh, day before yesterday, I was like, holy cow, I know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it takes all all those times of, you know, it's like, oh, he fooled me again. Or, you know, dang it, I should have went over here to understand. It's like, okay, what is he actually doing when he gets off the roost? Mm-hmm. And so once you get that figured out, it starts helping to be a little easier. It's never easy, mm-hmm. but it just helps to be a little, little easier to kill a bird. Yeah, and... I think it's also one of those things where I mentioned the intimidation of trying to figure out how to turkey hunt. You know, mm-hmm. I've I've also hunted on places that are heavily, heavily pressured. You know, mm-hmm. I came, it's funny, coming from Georgia where there's more hunters, I felt less turkey hunting pressure than I do here where there are technically fewer hunters and honestly way more public land. Mm-hmm. I mean, southeast Georgia is more or less null and void of good hunting. Mm-hmm. On public land. I'm not mm-hmm. saying you can't work there. I'm sure there's somebody in Southeast Georgia right now that's like, you know, shaking his fist at me. But I spent a lot of time chasing birds there. More often than not, I could get a thousand acre tract and maybe there's two, three guys on there and they tend to be on one little spot. If you got off the beaten path, you know, uh, you could get away from people. But, you know, I think what was empowering this season, I know that seems like a kind of like a, a cheesy word to say, right? But right. it was one of those things where you invested in me in all the right ways you mm-hmm. and and some other people and that you know you invited me to go do stuff and it wasn't like when i when i said no if i couldn't go there wasn't like a guilt trip associated with it it was just if you want to go come learn yeah and it, you taught me the things that i needed to know and you invested in me in the areas that i was deficient that helped me you know in the areas to be confident and say okay he says he's heard birds in this area. We did this. We did that. We heard a gobble. I mean, like Friday before season, I think, mm-hmm. or Friday, Thursday before season, we went out one morning. So I kind of want to touch on how you approach taking somebody into the turkey woods. But also, I believe that turkey hunting is the easiest way to get new hunters into the mm. fold. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, deer hunting is a little more time consuming. It's a lot mm. of sitting still and waiting. Turkey hunting is way more active. Yeah. Um, so... For someone who's listening to this or they're thinking about taking someone mentoring, mentoring someone, how do you think they should approach finding a mentor or, or the, the mentoring aspect of it? Yeah. Well, for one, I mean, you got to have somebody that has the want a want desire to hunt. Right? And you're the way you talk about hunting, I mean, talk turkey hunting, I'm mm-hmm. focusing on turkey hunting, and the way, you know, a turkey hunter talks about it is you know means a lot to the person that's thinking about getting into hunting Mm -hmm. because if we if the hunter if the hunters don't take non-hunters out and show them how to hunt then it's going to die off sure and so you know you 
you got to represent the sport for one and then have the passion for it. And then once you get somebody interested in it, um, like guy yesterday killed it, took him out, killed his first bird. Um, he, you know, all year he was like, meh, uh, I don't know, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then it just kept, you know, talking back and forth. And he was like, man, you get awful excited about this. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, when you kill your first bird, you will understand. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you sit out there under the tree and you hear that first gobble 100 yards away. You're like, wow. And and that's when your heart starts racing mm-hmm. and you start getting the chills. I'm getting the chills right yeah, now. Yeah, I am I too. What are you thinking about it? Just yeah. thinking about it. Um, <laughs> and... And you gotta you gotta pique their interest, mm-hmm. and then w- once you pique their interest, they might and like I was talking about earlier, they might not have a gun, they might not have clothes, mm-hmm. they might not have anything, mm-hmm. and that's where you as, as a mentor, it's like, don't worry, I got a gun for you, mm-hmm. or you know, here I got some spare clothes and this and that, and I've done that, I wouldn't say thousands of times, but quite often. Yeah, and you know, to where it's like, uh, hey, um, I got a gun, you know, can. I was like, all right, you got shells, choke, nope, nope, okay, well, what kind of gun you got? And then we figure mm-hmm. out if I might have a choke, and I've helped out a couple of people with chokes um, in the previous years. And like, hey, just use this this year and give it back to me and, mm-hmm. and so forth so on. And, uh, and so you're going to have to give up some of your time, mm-hmm. you know, as the mentor to make sure you get uh, get a positive, I guess you would say, experience to that person that's, you know, thinking about it. And at mm-hmm. that time, they are thinking about going. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll go. But once you get them out there and get them invested in it and what it, what that bird does and you try to talk to them, when you're out there, you're like, okay, well, this, we're going here because they birds roost in trees. Mm-hmm. And around here, they roost. They like to roost over water. And, you know, they eat, they're like chickens. They eat bugs. They eat seeds. They eat grass sprouts, all this. And you want to teach them along the way it's not just go hey go sit down here by a tree mm-hmm. and when a bird comes down you shoot it now you gotta you gotta try to teach them a little bit about the bird mm-hmm. what they're doing if you're walking out there and you see a turkey track like hey all right here's a turkey track yeah well this is a gobbler well how do you know well because of the size of the track right and then then it's like see this this is strut sign this mm-hmm. is where the male bird is trying to court the female bird mm-hmm. and this is scratching and just trying to teach them along the way so when the next time they're out in the woods they might not be turkey hunting but they're like oh there's a turkey track or there's turkey sign there's some scratching and it and it starts getting building in them it's like man okay and start learning more and more about the bird and then once they get down there and hear a gobble it's all over <laughs> you know that's yeah <laughs> to me that's that's where it's you get it connects yeah yeah, yeah. And, you know i use the word invest very strategically there and i mean that because i've had lots of people take me turkey hunting mm-hmm. i've never had someone invest in me because what you just described to me is more than just hey come on along it's not just an invitation right you you're 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 taking time to educate them about uh sign and ancillary uh topics and air, parts of it right it's not right. just the hunt it's here's what he's doing and you're telling them why because they're going to ask well he's courting her it, yeah. it, you can start that's a natural t- uh segue to well funny thing the hen actually pursues the gobbler yes. until they're linked up yes. and and so like you know, I lost my choke tube this year. Still don't know where it is. I guarantee you, after turkey season, it'll show up. It will. And I'm, I, you're on your uh, your way out the door, and you're like, "Hang on a second. You turn around, you come back, and you let me borrow one of your one of the choke tubes for the year. Yeah. You know, that's what I mean. Is 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 I feel like the mentor process 
if you're going to call yourself a mentor, you can't yeah. just be teaching someone something. Yeah. You can't just be taking someone along. You've got to genuinely invest in that person. Yes. And it, and it, when you're getting people into turkey hunting, and it's it's not just then or that year. Mm-hmm. It's going to be several years. Right. You're, you're you're trying to mentor that person into, you know, killing a bird, and then getting that getting that person mentoring somebody else, mm-hmm. showing them how, and that's how it kind of spreads. And one day, maybe you know. One day it'll be really tough to kill birds because we got so many turkey hunters. God, I we, hope so. Yeah, I and mean, that'd be a yeah. good that'd good be a good problem to have. Um, but you know, I still got guys, you know, and which I'm not a great teacher by no means, but I just have a passion for the sport. Absolutely, and I like it when somebody goes out and kills a bird, and they they call me back or text me it's like, "Dude, I couldn't have done it without you." Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and. I, it was a funny thing. A couple months ago, I was in, did a course for work, and there was a guy there. We had went through some training together, and uh, he killed his first bird uh, last week. First bird, eighth time ever hunting. Wow! And but he was like, he was like, dude, I I've hunted turkeys before. He was like, but your passion mm-hmm. for the hunt made me want to do better and learn more about turkey hunting and made me want to get out there. He was like, I took my, my boy was with me when I killed my first bird. He was like, I'll never be able to replace that experience. Right. And he was like, and it's all because of your passion and your, you know, your desire to teach, you know, people about turkey hunting. I was like, oh man, that's a, I don't know how much I had to do with you (laughs) killing a bird, but I appreciate it. You know, I'm glad I inspired you. Right. You know, and that's what it's about is getting people interested in it. Right. And and if they got questions, you help them. Right. You know, and it's like, what calls should I get? You know, X, Y, (laughs) Z. You know, I was like, this is what I use, you know, whether it's, you know, fit for you or not. I don't know. But, you know, you need a, you know, some people do box calls. Some people do friction. Some people do uh, mouth calls. And I'd mainly stick to friction and mouth calls. I right. got a box call. I do too. Ain't used it all year. But, you know, there might be a time where it's like, you know, nothing else working. Let me scratch on this. And might hit one right. off. Um, but, but you know, just to have that come back, it is a humbling experience to say, okay, well, got somebody else in it. Right. And, oh, by the way. His boy, yeah, exactly. I was is in it that too. Up. Yeah, you know what I'm exactly. saying because his boy with him, and he thought that's the best thing since sliced bread. Right. Well, and, and how many? And you, we all know how little boys are when they're super excited about something. They tell the world. He, they tell the world about that. And you know, if you think about all the youth programs that are out there yep. for NWTF and R3 efforts and whatnot, if you've got a body of kids that are now animated about something, there's resources for kids. Mm-hmm. I think turkey hunting is uniquely suited, actually. And this, I'm, you may not share this opinion, the same opinion, that's fine. But I think it's uniquely suited to target um, adult non-hunters because you you see what I'm I, saying? I see where you're going with it because you, you get setting out in a deer stand. You kind of mentioned it earlier. You go set out in a deer stand. You set out there for eight hours. You're setting there yeah. trying to be quiet, trying to be still. Yep. You know, um, turkey hunting. Similar to elk hunting. Very. You know what I'm saying? Having you done have, both, yeah, absolutely. Have, yeah, you're having that uh, talk back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. Most of the time it don't. Right. But you have that interaction with the animal. Absolutely. And, you know, and he, you can hear them coming. When they're, you know, when they're coming in, you can, 
okay, he's getting closer. You know, when he gobbles, he's getting closer. Or you hear a hen off, and you're like, okay. Well, now i got to try to mimic her, try to make her mad. Maybe Very bring, interactive. Yep. May, maybe bring her in. She might have a gobbler, you know, with her. Right. So, you know, it's very interactive, and it gets – and you always, for the most part, you can stay busy with it until the time comes right. where it's time to be still. Cause, but even then, yeah. it, you, you now have lost a physical act, act, uh, activity and is now this audible and visual stimuli exactly. that's just off the chain. Exactly. I, I think also it's one of those things where – there's there are probably what well, one of Adam Cruz talk, uh, turned me on to this theory and it's that we probably all of our R three efforts or a lot of them are focused on women and youth which are important yeah. to go after absolutely mm-hmm. especially the the female component of that because I I really feel like that's a, a huge pot that we've barely even scratched the surface on mm-hmm. but I really wonder how many people grew up in hunting ha- households. And became disenfranchised or were lost in the shuffle or their dad wasn't a good hunter. And yeah. the culture, I mean, let's face it, yeah. our culture today isn't surrounded by hunting. There's a lot of other stimulus. I've heard it so many times. It's like, what, do you hunt? Nah, um, my dad did when I was yep. growing up. I went with him, and, but nah, I don't hunt. Right. Okay, well, you might, have you tried it lately? I, I think if you if you compo- if you also tie in the fact that social so if you, if you go back you know, just a, a generation uh it was popular in school to be a hunter right mm-hmm. it was it was very much a mm-hmm. mainstream thing and well, i think you could have guns in your in your in the back, back of your, your truck, truck right on the gun rack exactly yep, sure. exactly and that and that wasn't that's not even a like a political statement there what i'm making i'm just simply saying it's one of those things where even if your dad was a terrible teacher and i've got plenty of guys who whose dads are from fantastic hunters but maybe they aren't the best educators maybe they weren't mm-hmm. the best at passing it along you at least had that peer pressure that societal pressure around you to be a part of that community yeah. so maybe you stuck with it or maybe you found someone who who, who could take you um yeah. I, I look at what it is now i introduced my buddy um pretty sure i introduced my buddy Derek into turkey hunting okay he knew full well i knew nothing about it but his investment was stupid minimal i mean realistically if you find someone like yourself who's willing to invest in you um let's say it's a true non-hunter i know good and well you'd let him use your use your shotgun um you go to walmart you buy yourself a a obsession button down top an obsession button uh pair of pants 40 bucks invested Mm -hmm. you know i mean a little bit of face paint or a face mask my point in that is there if you go after that 24 Four to thirty-five range. All of those people have got fifty bucks they can spare to get into it. Yeah, you most know, definitely. It, and it, yeah, and people people ask, well, well, what what decoys to do I use? What gun? What rounds? And this, I was like, do what you can afford. Absolutely. I was like, because uh-huh. I've I used that um, ten dollar Walmart decoys for years. Five dollars. And yeah, yeah, and they work. <laughs> fine yeah you know it's but it's use what you're comfortable with uh spending the money on absolutely you know what i'm saying if, absolutely. if it's five hundred dollars then go out and get five hundred dollar decoys uh, yeah get a full stuffed <laughs> well stuffed and I bird. even look at the equipment so like yeah. when i think about deer hunting if you're gonna be uh if you're gonna have an enjoyable especially public land mm-hmm. which is how a lot of people uh, everyone's got access to public land if you're gonna be a diehard deer hunter or if you're gonna get into it and enjoy it and take away the frustration of cheap gear mm-hmm. you've got to spend a lot of money mm-hmm. you got to yep. spend a lot of money my, my, my saddle's 300 dollars yep. it's a setup my platform's 150 
it's a lot of money to you, remove that, that. Even if you're just doing a climber, not a style, absolutely a saddle, but Fair. a climber, that's, yep. that's three hundred bucks yep. for a good climber. Catch it on sale, two fifty, yep. right? You know, yep. and then you got to have the bow or the gun, and those mm-hmm. are expensive because of the of the sight. And then you got to teach yourself how to sight in a gun. You know, yep. a shotgun's point and shoot. You know, you line the, the beads part. up for the, for the <laughs> most part, though. Um, yeah. You can probably take an eight seventy off the shelf, put a high brass number six load in there, or four or four shot, yep. and you can probably get a pattern mm-hmm. right out the gate that's yep. going to kill a bird at thirty yards. Yep. And 100%. your total investment is two hundred bucks if you catch it on sale, and a ten dollar box of shells. That's right. Off the shelf. That's right. A- and you can get twenty dollar pot calls. Yeah. That are going to kill turkeys for you. And when I look at that, and I look at trying to reach that next de- generation, it just really seems like an absolute no-brainer that the hunting community as a whole, whether you're a deer hunter or a duck hunter, I'm not saying don't take people deer hunting and duck hunting, yeah. but we need to invest in people getting them into turkey hunting because yep. that is going to be your gateway drug that, that's, in this Yeah, that's the foot in the door. I, oh, my gosh. Get, get yes. the foot in the door, and uh, they get that bug. Absolutely. Like, I like to call it, like, oh, my God, this is, this is actually cool. I brought this home. Right. To feed myself or my family. I did this. You know, and it could go from from that, you're just getting somebody out squirrel hunting. Squirrel hunting is probably one of the funniest things I like to do. Oh, my God. It's low stress. Love it. Yeah. You know. um, With the same gear, by the way. Yeah. Translates completely. 100%. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> what you squirrel hunt with, you can turn around and and, and, in the spring and go turkey hunting with. So, um, but, you know, you could do it at a minimum amount of money i guess you would sure. say um and you just got to have the will and the desire to get out there and do it you know like man this morning when i got up i was like gosh i'm t- I'm tired mm-hmm. you know and we're only a week into the season you uh-huh. know a week and a half into the season it's like i am tired but you got to be able to get out of bed because you can't shoot them from the bed no you know <laughs> uh so you got to get out and you yeah. got to get out there and you know maybe the day is the day i get that one yeah you know so. yeah even if you look at it from a standpoint of getting up early, mm-hmm. I'm not advising this to people, but you could get up an hour before daylight if you're within drive, you know, reasonable dis- driving distance mm-hmm. and go out there and turkey hunt. In fact, there are people who turkey hunt exclusively between 10 and 2 o'clock. Now, again, if you're a rookie, I'm not necessarily yeah. advising that. I'm just, my point of getting at is the ease of access is really simple. You want to kill yes. a deer on public land, you're probably getting up at 3 or 4 o'clock and you're getting in your in your spot. You probably worked all season yeah. trying to find that spot. Same thing duck hunting. Same thing. Oh, you know, it's even worse duck it's hunting. It's even worse. Yeah. 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 Because, yeah. because you, can't do, you can't do much of any scouting before the birds start dropping down. You can right. go find terrain. You Once you found it, okay, great. It's there. Yep. Now you need the birds to tell you where they want to be. Right. You know, right. I mean, so then you have to have a boat. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it is probably the easiest ones to get into, I would say hunting of the sure. big games, shall yeah. we say. Um, and to me, it's the funnest I, cause I've been out there hunting elk myself. Yeah. It's fun, but it, boy, them elk like mountains. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know, which I've been out there, been out West hunting turkeys too, you know, uh, mm-hmm. but my passion for a turkey outweighs the Absolutely. tiredness of my legs, you know, trying to get after it. And, and that's what it takes. I don't know why I'm so passionate about it. It's just one of those things. That's Yeah, I think I'd be willing to bet anybody who has gone turkey hunting and heard that gobble and fully, fully been educated and invested in to understand what's going on, no. I don't think there's anybody who can 
who can underappreciate that because there's no interacting with a deer like that. You rattle them in, okay, fine. You're mm-hmm. kind of blind calling. You're kind of interacting with him, but mm-hmm. you're not talking like a deer. Right. You know, no one knows what deer vocal. If you go out there at sunrise, the deer ain't going to say, hey, here I am. Exactly. You know, exactly. or at sunset, when he goes yeah. to bed, the deer ain't going to say, hey, I'm over here. Right. No, he's not going to do that. No. So, no. And that's, that's that little bit extra yeah. for turkey hunting. Yeah. It's just like, just crazy. So what, are, what do you think some of the pitfalls or mistakes that a mentor can have? Because I've got one that I'm going to bring up if you don't. But okay. what, what do you think people, mistakes that people do when they... What mistakes do you think people make when trying to be a mentor for other other hunters? Uh, maybe pressuring them like, no, we got to go today. Mm-hmm. You know, like anything else, you pressure somebody into doing something they're not going to like it. Sure, you know what I'm saying. Uh, that's some that's a big mistake. Or um, taking the bird. I mean, taking somebody out for their first bird, and you're like, shoot it, shoot it. Oh, I can't see it. And then you turn around and shoot it. No, you give them the opportunity. It's for them. You, you, now, if a double comes in, they shoot first, and you're able to shoot one, man, that's that's a great day. Right. But, um, gosh, um, I don't know. I don't I, know. What, what, what is your <laughs> I was going to say burnout. I think yeah. there can that you can not tend to yourself enough Yeah. It, while trying to invest in others, right? Your enthusiasm in the offseason yeah. and everything. I think I kind of witnessed a little bit of that. With you, yeah, with me, yeah. You know, you kind of had a first, a rough first ten days of the season. Yeah, well, I had it. to, I had to take a, I had to take a break. <laughs> yeah. I had to take a day off, a yeah. morning off, shall I say? Yeah. But uh, but yeah, you know, you kind of get frustrated when you know you you're helping people and they're 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 killing birds or you know or your friends are killing birds and you're out there struggling. You're you're trying to yeah piece a. You know, which I'm hunting a new piece of property that I knew nothing about. I just got access a week prior to season. Uh, you know, so the, maybe there's a little learning curve there, or maybe it just wasn't my time. And right. um, I had a real good friend tell me that uh, he went up to Georgia and got schooled up a little bit, and I was telling him <laughs> my problems, you know, and he was like, he was like man, there's uh, they, you take everything in the turkey woods, even a chip on your shoulder, and the turkeys are going to knock it off. And it's true. And he was like, sometimes you just need a little bit of humble pie. And I was like, you know what? Maybe maybe that is it. Maybe that's what it is. It's just I, mean, I, I thought I was this big. You know, mm-hmm. I thought it was this great white turkey hunter, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, but, you know, in all actuality, I just have a passion to get out there sure. and to hunt turkeys. Sure. And it made me realize that, you know, maybe I just need to quit taking it so so to so hard and so uh mm-hmm. to heart just get out there and you get back to the fundamentals of having fun turkey hunting and did you know yesterday we got a guy on a bird i mean 10 steps fly down boom got him and then today i got lucky bird slipped up and i was able to get him so <laughs> um luck you know, luck luck plays a lot into turkey hunting 100 yeah i I kind of actually want to touch on that, but we'll put a pin in it for just now. I think one of the things I saw when, so watching you go through this process, right? Um, You can learn things firsthand. You can also learn them secondhand, and it's probably always best to learn them secondhand. And when I was watching you, you know, I've got an absolute passion. Obviously, I've got a podcast for sharing my experiences with people, getting people involved. I recognized immediately I needed to pause the idea of taking anybody else turkey hunting. Not because of anything other than the fact that I could very easily envision a world 
where I take other people turkey hunting, they kill birds, and then the rest of the year I struggle and I don't kill one, and then I'm like, oh, I would have liked to have eaten some turkey. And you know, I <laughs> I killed one Florida bird last year. Right. But I took, uh, was it two people, two or three people out for their first birds ever. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it, and one of them, it was my quota. I drew the quota and I said, "Hey, buddy, come on. Right. You want a turkey hunt? I'm gonna take you up here to kill. We're right. gonna try to kill a turkey. And he was lucky to, you know, score him a nice Osceola down there. But uh, it, it was it was a fun time. And to this day, he still talks about that experience. And he and you know he just wanted to experience it. And he told me he was like, "I I don't know if I'll ever turkey hunt again. I just wanted to experience." It. And he was like, "And I'm telling you." That experience is by far one of the best I've ever had. Right. You know, but he he's just not a turkey hunter. You know, he, but he wanted the experience. But he'd be a hunting advocate. Yes. And so it's not a loss. It's not like, no. it, you know, I, I just, no. I'm sure there's someone who's listening who could have gone down that path. He's going to vote in favor. He's going to advocate in favor of oh, turkey yeah. hunters. Oh, yeah. Cause you know, I mean. Send him through the whole experience. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the first day we, we kind of kind of muffed it you know i was like well the next day let's let's go back out here and i know there's birds here and we got on them and it able to happen and for a bird to be close he, we had one behind us maybe 10 yards in the palmettas we couldn't see him right at fly down mm-hmm. you know and he could hear <laughs> and i was like he's behind us and you know just the look mm-hmm. in his eyes yeah. you know yeah. and and you know, he still talks about it, but, right. you know, he's passionate about it. But he's a fisherman, and that's his passion. And so, But he's outdoor, yeah. and that's what he loves to do, you know. Yeah. Um, but and another guy, you know, just seeing, took a guy, and uh, Bird didn't gobble not one time, but he followed some hens in. When he seen that, when he see that gobbler, I looked at him. And I didn't see the gobbler yet. I was looking at him, and his eyes got the size of sand dollars. <laughs> and I, I was like, "Well, that must be a gobbler walking in." And I turned and looked. Yep, here he comes. You know, and that—that that is what makes it all worth it. Yeah. And where, you know, I don't have to tag out. Right. And I—I I, I came back home yesterday, and I even told my wife, I was like, you know, I was like, if I don't kill a bird, this season was a success. It got somebody their first bird. Yeah. Help get somebody their first bird. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was like, so the season's a win. Yep. You know, if I get a tag, if I get a bird, if I don't, whatever, we got somebody else's. And, and that guy's already told me today, he's like, hey, uh, I want to go, go tag out, man. He's like, when we're going turkey hunting again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, right. you know, and we're, we're trying to line it up where we can. Yeah. You know, so. And, that, and that's what it's all about, getting – Getting somebody else passionate. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I think uh, I I try very hard because I'm an intense person. I try very hard not to take myself too seriously, right? Like mm-hmm. I, almost to a fault. I'm, I'm told all the time that I need to be more serious, right? Like I just – I try – I go through my life trying to find levity and, and humor and everything, right? I don't always succeed, but when I was thinking about turkey hunting and I'm comparing what you're telling me and I'm comparing what this guy says, I'm comparing what this, and then, and then I hear people saying, well, the birds decided to do something else today. You know, it's like, oh, we thought they were going to do this, but they did X, Y, and Z. (laughs) I made a decision going into this season that as a turkey hunter, I was going to recognize that there's almost an art of just winning the lottery when it comes to killing a bird. You have to be there 
he has to be willing because you're going against his biology. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to hope no one else is in that area, that you don't get seen, that his he, his pea-sized brain decides that he wants to talk that day. You know, it's like there are so many things that you can't control when it comes to turkey season Yeah. that if you kill a bird, you ought to be ecstatic, and if you don't, you ought to laugh because you probably should have, but the yep. birds just didn't do yep. what they were supposed to. And, and that's why I can't remember if it was you or uh, he said, you know, you got to find a bird that's willing to die. Yeah. And that, and that's what yep. it is. It's, it's that bird's either decided he's already wanted to die that day or you convince him. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And I, I know that sounds weird, but, you know. To it'll make it, sense once you if you yeah. <laughs> once you're out there, it'll make sense when, you know, you, you might kind of sound like a hen, but you never right. really do. Right. You know, and so you get a, it's like getting a bird to, you know, uh, a gobbler to come into a sound of a woodpecker, you know. It, yeah. Sometimes it does, you know. Yeah. Sometimes the sound of a woodpecker make them gobble, you know. Gets piques their interest, you know. So he's decided, right, well, if that's her, I'm going for it, you know. Yeah. Um. So he's kind of made a decision to die that day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think there's probably a lot of people that get into turkey hunting that get frustrated long term with turkey hunting, or they I see them with YouTube channels. They get really, really angry. And some some of those people are, are visibly angry because they're so passionate about it. And let's face it, they don't live where we do. And we don't, they don't always have the schedules that we have, yeah. you know, that I'm lucky to have this year. Um, and so they get seven days to do it. And they think about it all year long. And they get there. And I get that. That's totally different. But then I think there are a lot of people that get really, like, too serious about it. And I think, to, yeah. you know, I think to a lot of people, when you mentor someone, you need to invest in the fact that, 99% of the time, you're not coming home with a bird. Oh, 100%. And and even when you take somebody, their first time ever putting on turkey hunting clothes to go out <laughs> yeah. and you kill a bird like that, you're like, look, dude, <laughs> you're <laughs> yeah. spoiled. Yeah, I, yeah. Because it doesn't happen like this except for maybe that 1% that you're talking about. Most of the time, it's a grind. Yeah. And it, and that's what it is. It's yeah. a grind. You're out there. You're grinding. And, you know, you get where you've got a bird or a group of birds, and now you got to try to figure them out. Yeah. And because there'll be some sort of pattern and this and that, and you got to try to try to beat them to the punch, shall I sure. say. Uh, but and you got to – but that new person, you're getting out there, and you just kill the bird, and you're like, man, I wish we would have waited a couple of days because now you're spoiled, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, every time it's, that's what it's like. Yeah. Every time, yeah. No, it's not. You got to grind <laughs> it out. You know, just get lucky. Yeah. But but that's where you know when you're mentoring somebody, if you have a hot spot, mm-hmm. you got to give it up to them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and it, it's I mean, just you no, turned me onto a hell of a piece, uh, a hell of a spot. I mean, I. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're both gonna be hunting yeah. this weekend. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, no, but. You got to be willing to give up that bird that you've been following, or yeah. that bird that you've heard for weeks before the season, mm-hmm. and you track down, and you, you know, you want to get somebody into it. You got to be able to give it up, right? You'd be like, you know, it's pretty much sacrificing the your thrill of the kill so somebody else can have it, right. or the thrill of the hunt so somebody else can have it. And to me, that that's what it takes to be a decent mentor yeah is to be able to sacrifice your turkey season right for somebody else but also enjoy your turkey season through yes. their success, success. Yeah. yeah and so so let's so let's flip the script we talked about 
for you know 20 minutes now what it takes to be a good mentor. Mm-hmm. As someone who's probably had mentors, who's come through this process, I've got my own opinions. I think it's also equally important that the person who's 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 seeking a mentor does certain things. What do you advise people to do? What actions? What degree of of effort? What what do you what what tells you that that someone that you're offering to take is going to I don't want to say be a success or a failure, but that they're they're in it enough to get something from it. Uh, it's a weird yeah. way of wording yeah. that. Yeah, but um, I guess I guess you got to see the sparkle in their eye. You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That they're they're not just you like buddy last year. He told me he was like, I probably won't do this again. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah. I still took him because you know he he was a friend and he wanted yep. to try it. Um, but you got to have you got to show them the excitement of it and when once you see them understand it's like man he gets pretty pumped about this mm-hmm. you know and then it's and it gets them getting pretty pumped about it sure. and they when they start calling you and be like hey i seen a bird over here you know and i tried to make a sound and he gobbled at me mm-hmm. and you know ain't that cool or sends you a video <laughs> and this and that or it's opening know? day and he's live texting you trying to figure out what to do yeah guilty yeah so <laughs> you know and and that's what it takes you know to, yeah. and regardless of whether you know you know you're texting or calling or whatnot your mentor right all the time or right. you're just picking up pointers and from him because you're watching stuff on youtube or this and that right you know you can know who's invested in it and really right. wanting to be in it and if you get that person that's really like man i don't know you know i went out all week and ain't heard nothing right maybe that's the time you bring them under the wing but all right come on let's right. go and right. then you take them to your spot right and then it piques their interest a little more and they're like okay maybe okay there's birds out here mm-hmm. and then it gets keeps them interested in it and um interacted i guess you would say so you're looking for a certain level of commitment on their part a certain level of effort on their part yeah. i guess that's what i'm getting at is yeah. like you you probably offer or or uh, loosely invite people like oh yeah you know if you ever go to turkey hunting yeah. But I'm sure people have not put forth the right amount of effort. Like, hey, do you have a shotgun? Yeah. Right? Like, waiting until that season. Yeah. What steps do you think Walter's clone is listening to this? And he's okay. like, okay, this guy's told me he's going to take me hunting. What should Walter's clone do to make sure that that mentor. What do, what do I need? Yeah, okay. Ask questions. <laughs> yeah. Ask yeah. ask questions. Right. Like, okay, what do I need? Uh, do I need a shotgun or do I need what kind of clothes or, right. you know, whatever. Ask questions, okay? Or if we're out in the woods, you know, scouting, it's like, all right, what are we looking for? You know, mm-hmm. that inner, you know, instead of, you know, the mentor just pointing things out and talking and this mm-hmm. and that, you know, asking why, you know, f- trying to find out the why. Right. And, uh and that right there, you know, shows that, okay, they're wanting to not only just hunt or go on a hunt, but they're wanting to learn how to hunt. Right. You know, if that makes sense. No, no, totally, totally. Yeah. I agree. I think that's, yeah. I think that's equally, equally as important as the mentor being willing to invest in that person. I think it, it's, it's kind of a, a back and forth kind of thing. Right. Um, so why don't we shift gears? Okay. Um, I think that probably one of the most daunting and perhaps most critical thing that people face when getting into turkey hunting is calling. Hmm. It's picking a call. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I've got my opinions as a seasoned veteran uh, uh, turkey hunter myself, having killed one bird. <laughs> no, I, I I have never seriously turkey hunted until this year. Yeah. And obviously, we know how that's turned out. But I have played with calls for the last 15 years. I've tried different things for the last 15 years. I think if you have someone who's willing to mentor you, it's easier to get up on calls. Mm-hmm. It's, it's way easier. In fact, I can tell you that because, you know, I had that, that app from Scott Ellis. I had you out there mm-hmm. sitting on the tailgate calling with me, working with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you don't have that, in my opinion, the easiest or your first go-to call should be a friction call. The the easiest call right. is a box call. Okay, okay. Yeah, that, that's your, your easiest call to you know, really run. That's true, because they've even got some of those ones that do it for you. Yeah. I mean, push button call. Yep. Okay. A push button call or a box call, that's killed thousands of birds. Yeah, right. right. You know what I'm saying? But if if you're wanting to get into the uh, friction calls or the mouth calls, the mouth calls, I would say, is the hardest. Absolutely. Um, And you got to find the ones that are right for you. Yeah. You know, because the the way the air travels through your mouth and uh, which cut works for you and whatnot. But, uh, you know, I, I would say, you know, if you if it's a week before turkey season, you're like, I'm going turkey hunting. Go get you a push-button call sure. or a box call. Sure. Um, if you, you know, it's there in the fall and you're like, I'm going turkey hunting this spring, then maybe pick up uh, a mouth call or right. a set of mouth calls. You yep. know, most – and when you look, most people sell sets. You know, yep. like three, three to a set or whatnot. You get you a set, and then you start working on it. Uh, like you said, um, uh, Scott Ellis has got some uh, great instructional video. Uh, Shane Simpson's got calling some. Calling all turkeys. On calling yep. all turkeys. Yep. He's got some instru- great instructional videos. I mean, there's videos out there that from some top-tier callers, oh, you know, yeah. that can show you how to use mouth calls and even friction calls. There's uh, gr- a lot of great videos out there. Um you know, you just – how much time you invest in it is going to pay dividends in the back end. Absolutely. You know, if you're just like, okay, week forward, like, man, I can't run this call. Help me out. Mm-hmm. Well, what was you doing all winter long? You know? Right. Uh, where's that call been? Well, it's been in my bag. Yeah. Like, why ain't it in the truck with you? Yep, on your way to work. On your way Drive to work. Drive with your knee. I'm kidding. Don't, no, don't, don't do, do that, that. But <laughs> but a mouth call. Right. That's where, the, that's where, you, yep. start, where you start learning Absolutely. a mouth call. And that's how I learned. Uh, I had a – about a 30, 45 minute uh, drive to work, and that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Going to work, yep. coming home. I'd start playing with a mouth call. And I'm by no means, you know, Scott Ellis with a mouth call. Right. But, you know, there I. There aren't very many Scott Ellis. No. But yeah, yeah. No, he swallowed a turkey somewhere <laughs> in life. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, I can, I can make enough sounds where I can almost convince the turkey. Yeah. That, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and, some, and that's all it takes, you mm-hmm. know, to get some little sound that almost sounds like a turkey. Right. And um, But the mouth call, I would say, is the hardest to do. Yeah. And yeah. I, think, I think people, if I'm advising people, if you're getting into turkey hunting, I'd almost say, like, don't fool with that right away. Because... You have to find one that fits your mouth right, yep. and you're going to trim a bunch of calls and throw them away. Yep. And if I'm thinking about this from like a new hunter perspective, I may not want to throw a whole bunch of money into calls. Yeah. Um, and with diaphragms, until I found Osceola game calls, I couldn't find one that fit my mouth out right. of the box. In fact, I couldn't really find one that ever. Uh, my buddy Preston Mullins sent me some Quaker Boy ones mm-hmm. that are like like huge, and yeah. you cut them down to yeah to, to what fit. You want. Yeah. Um, those are the only two that have ever fit my mouth, and that's. 
man, I bet you that's $150 worth of diaphragms yeah. I've gone through. Yeah. Um, what's your opinion on cheap versus expensive? Somebody's got a, a limited budget. Do you think it really matters if you buy a $25 call versus a custom um, call? You can kill turkeys with any of it. Right. Uh, and, that's, and that's the thing. Your your $5 push-button call has probably killed more turkeys than mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, so and it goes back to do or spend the amount that you're comfortable with spending. Right. Um, you know, but like anything else, the more you spend, yeah, the absolutely. better quality absolutely. you start getting yep. for the most part. And uh, – and better quality, better pitches, sounds, and uh, so it, it just all depends on what you're comfortable with spending. Like I say, I started off with a Primos from Everybody Walmart. does. <laughs> Everybody does. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. and uh, probably some. Sweet uh, Hen or something like that, yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a Yelper. What is that? What was that one? It was something Yelper. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know. Is that yeah. the gold one you were talking about? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, you start off where you're at, and as you continue on, it's like anything else, you right. know. Uh, like most people's first car was a beater. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And then they, 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 you know, as they get through life, you know, they slowly mm-hmm. upgrade. And, you know, and most that's what most people do, I guess yeah. you'd say. But, you know, there's still people out there rocking the push button or the absolutely. primo's yelper, you know. Absolutely. And still killing birds. Yep. You know, so yeah. it's just totally on your your desire which way you want to take sure. it. Sure, I think when I when I think about um, you know you're definitely right. I hadn't thought about the push pull or the or the box calls as a first option. I think that the reason I stayed away from those is because a push pull tends to be um, uh, on the quiet end of things. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't alternate really mm-hmm. like you. Like you can, a box call tends to be on the higher end of things. Mm-hmm. It you know once they get turkey gets into a certain range, you're kind of limited to um, uh, clucks and, and purse, yep. right? You're not going to want to rip on that thing. Yep. I think when I think about a French friction call, you have an ability there to soft tree yelp. You've yep. got the ability to capture all those calls. And I think that's kind of why I went that route. Um, you're definitely right though. If you're it's a week before the season of push pull, I mean that's. My, I've got one my granddad had. It was yep. an old wooden one, you know. Yeah. It was the. Um, so what I want from you, and then I gave you an advance heads up on this, is give us just a couple sequences because I think what people try to do, at least I did, and I'm speaking from my own experience, I tried to do too much with it, yeah. and none of it ever worked well <laughs> <laughs> at first. But what starting off, what should people? The, also, uh, this little section is is brought to you by Osceola Game Calls. It's Power Pro yes. Crystal, right? Yep, that's yep, it. There you go. <laughs> Scott, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, the basic call that you, or the basic sound that I use is just plain yelp. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just a s- small little conversation. <laughs> you know, it's just a small little, small little yelp and a couple cuts in there and that that'd be about a sequence you yeah. know that I'd, that I'd run sometimes more sometimes less it all depends or forget have a hen um out there yelping or whatnot but I do the best I can to mimic her cadence right 
and her pitches. Right. And, you know, because a lot of times, like early season, all, all the times are nine times out of ten hand up right. with the hens. And so you get to talking with that hen, and you might can convince her that you might be a rival hen or whatnot. Right, and right. she's going to come in and check you out. And when she does, she might bring the gobbler with her, and then you're, you're in business. Yeah. I I think that is a excellent point. And uh, Tom Kelly in his book, The 10th Legion, which I think should be required reading for anybody ever getting. In fact, you know what? To be honest with you, I'm going to say this. There are two reasons why I killed a turkey this year. Three. The, the, that, app, that app by Scott Ellis, it was uh-huh. amazing tool. Your investment in me, but I wasn't fired up for turkey hunting until I read The 10th Legion. Yeah. The way he writes in that book is he walks an incredible line of being a gentleman with the way he talks, yep. but adding just enough of the passion in the way that he writes. The way he describes deer hunters versus turkey hunters was hysterical. I was almost in tears reading that 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 section. But he, one of the things he says is if you're get, wanting to get into turkey hunting is to not go to a show and listen to people cut on calls because everybody's got their own way of doing it. Mm-hmm. It was to go sit in the woods and listen to the cadence Yep. That a, a turkey hunter uh, turkey has. I think I think I'm quoting this yeah. properly, but uh, that cadence is the same. The 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 rhythm and how yeah. and how long the notes should be. That's how you're going to kill um, yep. turkey hunters. Actually, I think now that I say that, he was quoting uh, tournament tournament callers. Listen tournament, to the yeah. tournament callers because they all they've done the same. They've done that right. for you, right? So go to your tournament and and listen to how they call. Um, yeah. And it, not not all uh, tournament callers are good turkey callers. No, you know what I'm no. saying and right. Um, some are, some are, you know, but you gotta, that's where you gotta be able to, I guess you would say, switch it from Turkey to tournament. Yeah. You know, um, I've thought about it and I, and then I get out there messing with a mouth car. I was like, there's no way they yeah. let me on stage. Um, so <laughs> that's why I just stick to the woods. I just stick <laughs> yeah. to the turkey. Now yeah. Shane would tell you that's the worst thing you should do. He came on the podcast and said, anybody who wants to learn how to turkey call should be bold enough to go to a turkey calling competition hmm. and stand in front of his peers. He said, because if you're willing to do that, people will tell you what you did wrong and yeah. then you can fix it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I have uh, balls that big. I mean, Shane. Well, <laughs> well we, me, me and Shane went hunting the other day and uh, a few days back, and he was like, all right, you, your turn to call. I, I, I was kind of intimidated a little bit. I was like, all right, well, here it goes. How many times have you heard me call while, while I'm with you? <laughs> yeah. Not a single time. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, you just got to get out there and yeah. listen to And every time I get out there and I hear a hen, you know, you just got to try to listen and understand. Or I wouldn't say understand. Just listen to the cadence and yeah. the pitches. And some are raspier. Some are clearer. You know, it all depends, you know. I guess how excited she is. You get, you know, excited yell, you know, right. that, you know, and just, and play off of her. Right. You know, cause that's what they, the gobblers listen to all day yeah. long is their hens, you know? Right. So if you could play off her and then try to mimic them and try to learn from them, you know, it's just going to help you in the long run. I agree. I agree. Well, let's, let's shift gears entirely. Okay. You still got time? Yeah. Okay. I want you to tell us about this bird you killed today. What went into it? You can kind of highlight what, you know the hunt okay. you had up until now, but kind of break down this hunt from like a like a, a strategy point of view or a story point of view. Man, okay. Uh, first time I had interaction with this bird was Tuesday, and uh, 
went out there, uh, got on a high point. You know, I heard him gobble. I hooted, tried to hoot. Anyways, I'm still working on that. <laughs> um, but uh, got him to gobble, and it just so happens I was in that area the, the evening prior, and I was like, I know exactly where he's at, and I know where I need to be. Right. And that's where we went and sat down. Everything worked good. He pitched down to the side of the hill just over the crest and gobble, gobble, and then I seen him coming through. He looked at my decoy and didn't like it. And then, uh, I wish today I figured out why, but he, he turned around and took off and I took a shot at him, missed him. He went flying. I took another shot. He hit the ground and then took off running. Man, I thought I'd wounded the bird. I was like, well, we looking for it. Search, search for hours looking for this bird. I even called Shane. I was like, dude, I was like, this is what happened. He was like, he's under a log somewhere. Yeah. You know? Um, so, but we searched, could not find them. So I was like, all right, well, I went back about three, four days later, um, the one evening, do an evening hunt and roost birds and I hit a hoot out and there's a bird in the same area. I was like, Hmm, new bird. Okay. Same area. I know where I need to go. Um, set up on one side of the little Creek bottom. He's down in the Creek bottom. I'm on a fire lane. What does this bird do? He pitches down on the other side, on the side of the hill where the bird did previously. And I was like, and he sat over there and gobbled and gobbled and gobbled and gobbled and gobbled. <laughs> and I found, I ended up getting in between three birds, didn't kill none of them. And um, so it started clicking. I was like, wait a minute, is this the same bird? I was like, every time I've been here, he's pitched off to that hillside. Right. And then I was, yesterday I was going to go out there and kill him, but. Uh, but it was like, hey, want to go? And so ended up taking him to another piece of property and killed a bird. So this morning I was like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Went to that hillside. I tucked up in old dead magnolia, put my decoys out. He pitched out this morning, not even 10 yards from my decoys. And it was just that, you know, if this is the same bird, this is where he's going. Right. You know, and, and, Five seconds after he pitched down, he walked over to the decoys, and I shot him. And I was like, man, I think I think that's the same bird. <laughs> well, get him back here, pull away the feathers, and, yeah, he had a little bit of peppering in him from the backside <laughs> from when I hit him when he was flying off yeah. um, last week. So, you know, it just I, – I think it goes back to, you know, really if you're focusing in on a bird, right. you know, one bird, then you – you know, each time you go out there and out that ten, you're not going to get him, but you need to learn something. It takes what it takes. Yeah. Yep. You need to learn something. Yep. Now, what is that bird doing? Why is he doing that? Or, you know, what's over there? Mm-hmm. You know, when it, at first, I, why was he on that hillside? And uh, a couple of days ago, I went over there after all three of those birds left me. Um, I went over there. And it's on the side of a hill. And it, there's dog fennels all on the side of this hill. So it's been burnt. And except for probably about a 10-yard by 10-yard area, there's no dog fennels right there. And it's just perfect strut zone. Mm-hmm. On, the, on the side of a little hill, the hens can see him from the bottoms, the whole nine yards. I was like, oh, my God, this bird had it figured out. And uh, But he, the reason he ran, he was a, he was a two-year-old bird. Right. But it goes to show that not all two-year-old birds are dumb birds. Right. And, you know, it, it takes time to, to get them. Yeah. You know? Um, and it... It was kind of a bittersweet, even though we've had a, me and that bird had a short 
time together. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was like, you know, I, I got him. Yeah. But I was like, man, I won't be able to chase him again. Yeah. You know, but the good thing is after I shot him and I sat there basking in my own glory, I heard a bird fire off up the hill from me. So I was like, all right, there's another one over there. So I might go tend to him. But, yeah. But no, I think I'm going to uh, leave him for next year. I'm just going to uh, focus seed on. stock. Yep, going to fo- <laughs> focus on uh, public land from here on out. So yeah, try to tag out on public. Shane so. would tell you that's the wise thing to do because yeah. his theory is you should shoot. You should only shoot gobblers who are silent. Yeah. If the gobbler's willing to talk, you should never shoot that bird. If you have the option, because that bird's going to pass on the genes that says ah. he wants to talk. Yeah, <laughs> he said sense. that on the podcast. <laughs> he said, he said, if you ever get two birds that come in, one's talking, the other one's not. Shoot the one that's, that's not, not. <laughs> because you can come back the next day and that's, shoot the one that's willing to talk. <laughs> that's it. Hey, that's a, that's a turkey killing man right there. <laughs> it is too. So, I guess he's yeah. got. I guess it makes yeah makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, well, dude. All right, it's been an hour. It's almost supper time. Yep. We've got one final question for you. Okay. And I, and I send this. With, I send everybody home with this question. All right. You could go back to your earliest turkey hunting self and mm-hmm. give yourself one singular piece of advice, whatever that may be, that would change the way you turkey hunted, either for the better or, or avoid life events, well, however you want to approach it. What one singular piece of advice would you tell uh, younger Clay? Sit still. Okay. Wait another 20 minutes. That and it, and I still don't do it. I, I try to, but it's and uh, me and uh, me and Doug Doug Updike was we talked about this. Wait that other twenty minutes, right? You know when you're like, man, they birds are gone. Dang, they ain't gobbling no more. And you go to get up. I don't know how many times I've <laughs> ran a bird off. Yeah, you know that's when I, when you start thinking that. Wait another twenty minutes because there might be that bird walking in, mm-hmm. and then when that twenty minutes up, give yourself another twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, how, how far you take it's up to you, but at least take that first twenty minutes, right? Yeah. And um, wait on, wait, wait on that bird because a lot of times when they go silent, they're making their way in. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I was I, when we hunted the other day. Uh, I was like, okay, it's time to get up. He didn't, and you didn't even budge. You weren't even. Of course, you were really comfy, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. You didn't even budge. I'm like, okay, what's he doing? And you'd, you'd sit there, you'd yawn, you'd, you'd consider, you know, life for a minute, and you'd grab your call, and you'd call a little bit. Like, and you're watching, you know, you're doing yeah. your thing. I'm like, man, I would have got up a long time ago, and I'm putting that in the back of my head, like, I need to slow down a little bit. Yeah, and, and you know, even when uh, me and Shane went out, he's just, he is a great woodsman, and even I, I learned from, from him, you know, of course, um, but he is a slow walker through the woods. Interesting. Yeah, I thought the same thing, and I was like, and he he picks his pass for what the breeze on the ground, huh? Not not that's a deer hunting type yeah, thing. You yeah. don't hear that kind of thing for turkeys. Yeah, and uh, and that stuck with me. Yeah, and so and I I'm trying to and I'm trying to implement that sure. into my kit bag. Put that in my bag yeah, so yeah. I can use it. Yeah, and uh, you know, and I was like, huh, that, that makes a lot of sense, and it's. And when you got birds gobbling, you don't have to make these sure. big, bold, flanking movements and this and that, which we did. And he was like, I didn't expect to go this far. And I was like, yeah, I probably got aside the zip code, <laughs> didn't I? Uh, you know, but, yeah. but you, you know, take your time, slow down, and take your time. That's what I learned yeah. right there is take your time and slow down. 
because there still might be a bird 100 yards from you. Yeah, coming in quiet. Yeah. Yeah. And even if not coming in quiet, just milling around. Mm-hmm. And then if you can get a different angle on them, yep. you might can strike his interest. Yep. Um, and it takes the, the woodsmanship, the the quietness, I guess you would say, to move through yeah. the woods. Yeah, that, that Jake that came in today, he didn't make a sound. Yeah. I, I think looking back, he gobbled one time wherever he was roosting, which is a, a fair clip away from the other mature birds. Yeah. But all I heard was whoosh. That was it. That was it. That was it. And I, and I, I for the time I was like, well, I don't, maybe that was a turkey. Maybe it wasn't. Again, knew me. And I start, I started thinking, just hold still, just just for another ten minutes. And all of a sudden, you heard the mm-hmm. as it comes through. He came in forty yards away. Yeah. Never once made a noise. Yeah. These the gobblers are losing their minds. The hens are talking. That joker just came in real yep. quiet. So, I, I, I sound advice. I think. Yep. Yep. Take your time. Good deal. Well, guys, I'm going to wrap this up here. If you enjoyed this podcast, do me one favor. Two favors, actually. One, tell somebody about the podcast. That's the only way we grow. We don't put any of the money that comes in from this podcast into marketing. We only grow via word of mouth. And two, no matter what you do, I know the coronavirus has got a lot of people shelled up at home. Get outside. Go for a walk. Do something. Be safe. But enjoy the great outdoors.